said vicious. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the bravado. That's right, that's right, we're bad. Uh, uh, uh. The bosses. You're a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. So I have a few faults, who doesn't? Is that any reason to kill me? And the beverages. I'm a little slow today, I just switched to Sanka, so have a heart. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your pal, Mr. Steve. I never say Mr. Steve Spears. <laughs> Mr. Steve. That sounds sick. It sounds like I'm some sort of pedophile. Just call me Mr. Steve, Mr. little Steve. one. Do you hey. want some candy, little boy? <laughs> oh, oops. I'm, or a little girl. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. At least if I'm a pedophile, at least don't make me. Oh, God. Oops. Anyway, with me, my best friend, Kathy Wass. Hello, everyone. And we're here today to talk about Sid and Nancy. The 1986 flick about Sid Vicious and Nancy Spongeon. Yes. And some of you might be wondering why we're opening up with the Joe Strummer song, Love Kills. That's because that was actually the original title of this movie. I did not know that. Yes. The working title. Great song, though. Oh, I love that song. Actually, I would have to say, we're going to talk about the music later, but I would have to say my second favorite soundtrack album of all time. Next to... Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Yeah. They're they're neck and neck. One it of depends these days, on the mood. Earlier this, week, earlier this week in my blog, I was going to start a list of best soundtracks of the 80s. And I thought, God, I certainly I've done this at one point or another. And I went back, and sure enough, I had. But I'd only done five. And I'm like, God, I need to do like 50 of them. I know. I mean, you can't limit it to five. No, it's but if, hard. if I was going to do the top 50, this would be my top 10. Yeah. But, this uh, is uh, neck and neck, but with one and two, depending on my mood. If I'm in a darker mood, it's Sid and Nancy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get much darker than this movie. No. One of the most depressing movies, I think, from the entire 80s. Yes. My mother was a little worried about me. <laughs> In high school because I was watching this movie. But since it's so long, it took me like three days to watch it after school. But she thought that I was just watching it continuously. <laughs> so she was like, is everything okay, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> what time, what, how old were you when you watched this? Do you remember? Uh, this eight, was 1986. Eight, so I was 15. Right. 14, so, 15. So this is, and this is rated Freshman R. Freshman in this high is, school. This has got to be yeah. a rated R movie. Yeah, it is. So your parents were like okay with you renting it? Uh, probably not, no. <laughs> It came out, I think, when I was a sophomore in college. And I remember I saw it yeah. twice in the theaters. And the first half is probably the best first half of a movie oh, yeah. you'll ever see. I mean, you've got Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious, and you see the Sex Pistols, you know, you know the you know, quote-unquote Sex Pistols. Boring, Sidney. Boring, boring. Boring, boring, boring. Exterminate. Boring, boring, Exterminate. Exterminate. For me, it was it just kind of renewed my entire love with punk rock. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. So I, mean, I went went out and rebought all the Sex Pistols albums, all like two of them, really, because it yeah. was really about that. Yeah, spot. never mind the Bullocks. That's all. You That's need, all you really. Need, yeah, and then, um, but then the second half of the movie is just Sid Vicious and Nancy sitting in their bed in a hotel 
Chelsea, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The infamous Hotel Chelsea. Just uh, doing drugs and sitting there the entire yeah. time. Well, so I really, I can only watch it. To this day, I can only really watch the first half of the movie. Oh, see, I love it. I love it all. I yeah, love I it all. I, yeah, I do. Well, at that time, too, I was, um, I had like an obsession with Nancy Spungen as well. Now, who was Nancy Spungen? What? Nancy Spungen was, um, her mother actually wrote a book about her life and, well, about the family. And it was called, And I Don't Want to Live This Life, which is actually taken from a poem that Sid Vicious wrote for Nancy um, that he sent to her mother after she died, which... Um, he says, and I don't want to live this life if I can't live for you. You know, there's always, obviously, we need to talk about, there, there was some speculation of whether he actually killed her or not, but right. in the movie, they have him killing her. Right. Now, in reality, what happens is Nancy Spungen, who was Sid Vicious's girlfriend, yeah. dies from stab wounds. Stab wounds. A six-inch hunting knife plunged into her stomach and she bleeds to death on the bathroom floor of the Chelsea Hotel. Nice detail. Yes. There are pictures on the web, too. Are there? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I have to link them off the blog. Yes, but um, her mother wrote a book and her mom's actually, even though the family didn't really participate with the movie, I think only Sid's mom helped with this, but um, the the way that Nancy's mother envisions the mo- or the actual death is very similar to how it is in the movie. So sort of by accident in a way. Yeah, like they're sort and of sort of that she, that she would bait him. She had a very troubled life. She only lived for twenty years, but um, there were complications when she was born. She didn't have oxygen, and she was very aggressive. Um, later on, after her death, her mom received records saying that they thought she was schizophrenic. She tried to kill her mom once with a hammer. She tried to stab her babysitter with scissors. So she was a very troubled child and probably, I mean, had a death wish for many years before this. So her mom does envision that while she does believe that Sid killed her, but that probably there was some prompting from Nancy. Yeah, not not necessarily first-degree murder anyway. No, and, and to be quite honest, I mean, they were, I'm sure, completely high when all of this happened. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. So Sid Vicious goes is booked for it. He goes to jail yep. and um, is released. Released and then ends up back in jail because he gets in some brawl with, uh, believe it or not, Patty Smith's brother. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and then is rearrested and then um, is let out on bail. And then on February 9th. No, February 2nd, actually. February 2nd, 1979. 79. Sid Vicious dies. Yep. He goes out. Gets out on bail. His mom picks him up. He goes to some party. He starts drinking and shoots up more heroin. And since he had been um, actually detoxed in jail, um, took too much heroin and died of an overdose. It's weird because Sid Vicious was like a hero of all my friends in high school. They used to always have little buttons that said Sid was innocent. Oh, wow. 
I don't. I don't believe he was innocent. Yeah, I, I think even, he did it. I, I went, do. Yeah, yeah well, I do. You know, I mean, not entirely innocent, but that doesn't exactly no. fit on a button as nicely. But they, no. If I, I just went to my friend's MySpace page the other day to check it out to to, to email him to ask him if he still had the button, <laughs> and sure enough, on his on his MySpace page, it, it says just, Sid was innocent right across the top. Oh my God, like, well, that's you, holding it out. No, it's like I guess we haven't gotten over it, have we? Wow. Well, you know, it's funny too because I mean, I did go like this, the book that I referenced to when I was a freshman in English class, we had to do a biography or not a biography. And so I got up and pretended I was Deborah Spungen and did it that way and read from the book. And I remember my English teacher saying, oh my God, Kathy, that was just wonderful. You showed the dark side of rock and roll. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm totally obsessed with these people. I don't see it that way. But I then went on 20 years later to read from the book again at this thing where we do, we call the Dirty Dishers, where we read from celebrity autobiographies. And I have to say, 20 years later, the book still holds up. It is an excellent book, and I, I, I recommend it to any fans out there. And what's the name of the author again? It's Deborah. Deborah Spungen, her okay. mother. Fantastic. Her mother. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, now that we've discussed the actual people, people. let's talk about the actress who played Oh. Her. And let's start with... Where do I start? No, you got to start with Gary Oldman. Oh, yes. Gary Oldman's first movie credit. Wow. And, and I was in love instantly. With Sid Vicious, played by Gary Oldman. With, yeah, well, I'm with Gary Oldman. And I got to tell you, he Gary, changed. He, I, Gary. I've never... Uh, I love you, Gary. Yeah, marry me. That's all you ever think about, sex. Oh, I'm sorry. He might be actually... Is he free now? I, I don't... I don't He's an I don't actor. Just, just give it six months and he'll be free again. I know. Again. He'll be free again. He was married to... That brief foray marriage to uh, Uma Thurman. Ugh, can't live without that. Yeah. And he, rumored that Oldman had to lose so much weight right. oh, yeah. to play this role that he actually ended up being hospitalized. But, at one yeah, point. I read that his diet consisted of steamed fish and melons. Melons, nice. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how he ended up in the hospital. God. <laughs> why can't he puke over the side? That's why we have photographers. We need an explosion. It's making me hungry just he channels about it. he channels Sid Vicious like there like there oh, never was one. I know it. Now let's talk about his counterpart for a second. Wow, Chloe Webb. I want to say where that, do I start? I want to say that the ghost of of Nancy Spungen is probably not happy about Chloe Webb playing her. Wow, she annoyed the hell out of me to the point where I would run around yelling, "Sydney!" You don't even Sydney, do it, Sydney. <laughs> what do you love me? I'm sorry. There you go. And that, then <laughs> I, I got a headache just rewatching the movie the other day. I mean, and the the sad thing is, I don't know if it's sad, but. Chloe looks nothing like, to, in my mind, what Nancy looked like. Nancy was actually really attractive. Oh, she was. She was. I mean, yeah. not to say that Chloe is unattractive, but she's no Nancy. I know. And I know. Well, then again, at that time, I mean, Nancy wasn't looking that great. I mean, true. she was a heroin addict. So good point. Now, what was the but, rumor yeah. that somebody else was up to play the part of Nancy? Oh, do, well, you know who wanted who desperately, won? who went into the into the audition saying i am nancy spungen was none other than courtney love get out yep and then so that's how she has a small role in the movie she's gretchen and you don't even recognize her i mean other than the hair 
She's um, she weighs a lot more than she does now. Well, depending on which yo-yo diet she's on now, she's thin. But um, to um, this was pre nose job as well. So this this would have been pre Nirvana. It would have been oh yes pre Kurt Cobain as well. Interesting. Yes. So. Why would she say that she was Nancy's partner? I mean, what? What? Did well, she, she was a groupie <laughs> as uh, well. I mean, I don't know if she also like felt the need to live out that role. I mean, she sort of did almost. I mean, other than she's still alive, so. um, unlike her husband. But are her, are her and you about the same age? Actually, um, no, because she, yeah, she would. I would have been only like fourteen, fifteen. So she's about six years older than me, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, Sorry, yeah. I try at to see. Least. Try at to least, probe yeah. the dark mind of Kathy Was. The dark mind. What? I'm not Nancy Sponge, and if no. that's what you're asking. <laughs> okay, good. I don't want to <laughs> Though I did have a sticker. I think I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I did have a sticker on my very first car of Sid and Nancy, and it said Love Kills on it, and then therefore my car was named the Sid Mobile. Classic. <laughs> yes. I have no such stories. The only The only thing I really took out of this movie when I watched it was just, I want to be in the Sex Pistols, and wow. I want. Hmm. And the band that we were that I was in at that time, Epic Trash, here in Tampa Bay, we played some Sex Pistols tunes, but usually the more obscure ones. Not that there was a lot of obscure ones to choose yeah. from, but we we played a few, and I think we started playing some more of them after we saw after this movie. This, yeah. Who didn't? I mean, it was it was it was that kind of movie that it was. Everybody got something out of it. Yeah. Now, what did I? I swear, I you know. Gary Ullman obviously went on to do great things, but Chloe Webb, who I got to say, even though, I mean, her role is very annoying in the movie. I mean, she was a great actress. She won awards for it. She went on to do China Beach, but then that was about it. Yeah, we haven't heard much from her lately. No, she does some TV, but other than that. Why? Gary Ullman really just, I mean... I mean, the, Gary Oldman's just incredible. If you had to name your top five Gary Oldman flicks. Top five. I'd have to say number Number one definitely would still be Sid and Nancy. Okay, good pick. Um, number two would have to be True Romance, even though it's a small part. Yeah, interesting pick. Uh, three, uh, State of Grace, which is a obscure movie, probably with uh, um, Sean Penn. They oh, play yeah. brothers yeah. in the Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. sure, I remember that. Um, for a mortal beloved, I can't get through that. Uh, and that was where he met, or at least fell in love with Isabella Rossellini, who hot. he was with for a while. Very hot. And I have to say, maybe number five, we'll go with Fifth Element. Ah, there uh, we go. Though I'm also going to throw out a little honorable mention to his role, which I saw in the movie theater, Chattahoochee, with Dennis Hopper. No, I never saw that. <laughs> it was him in a mental institution. Him and. Real quick, real quick, my top five. Okay. Sid and Nancy, number one. Yep. I'm going to go with Dracula, Bram Stoker's oh, Dracula, was, number two. I hated that movie, but he was great in it. He was great. I mean, it has Keanu Reeves, who can't act oh, his way out of a... a paper bag. Exactly. And all those accents in it. Oh, oh my God. Winona Ryder was Winona horrible, Winona Ryder too. was awful in that. Ugh. Uh, number three, JFK, playing Lee oh, Harvey Oswald. Yeah, he's, yeah, that, yeah. he's fantastic in yeah. that role. Uh, number four, I'm going to give it to The Fifth Element. Okay. The only, that's, I think that's an underrated movie. It is. And it I granted is. none of these are 80s movies, but bear with no, us. No, I mean. Number five, The Contender, where he plays a Republican lawmaker. Uh, oh, I've never even seen Shel- that. Representative Sheldon, I think, or Sydney Sheldon or something like Sydney that. Sydney Sheldon's an it's, author. It's something <laughs> like that. He's the one that wrote those I, cheesy romance I think movies. he plays, I think, I think he plays a representative with a name similar to that. Okay. And he's, uh, he's there to self-destruct. 
the nomination of a female to becoming vice president. And it's, it's a great role for him. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's worth oh. to see that movie just alone, just to see him in it, I swear. I believe it. I believe it. I've even seen obscure... Oh, Track 29. I used to have the movie poster of that. That's a weird, bizarre movie that I still don't understand. And if and if you, if you, there's any doubt to his greatness in Sid and Nancy, he actually sings... Oh, yes. He the, sings songs the songs that uh, Sid Vicious would have sung back in the day. Yes. Including this little masterpiece um, when he goes solo after leaving the Sex Pistols. Classic performance by Mr. Oldman. There. Oh yes. Do you have a favorite scene from this movie? I do. It's very I'm, disturbing yet funny at the same time. And there's oh, you little be, humor. You've got to be talking about the same one that I'm talking about that I'm thinking of. It's right? the one when she calls her mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god, this is so bad. They're so they're so strung out on drugs that she calls, calls home, home and says that. They're married, married, and would they please send some money? Yes. And, what's and this really, really did happen. This it, really it did, did happen, yeah. It did? Yeah, it's in the book. Um, what's really painful, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it in the clip that we're going to play, but is if you really listen close enough, you actually hear her mom's responses. And it's just, yeah. there's something to me disturbing and painful about that. Yeah. But anyway, here's how it actually plays out in the movie. I am so married. I am. What do you mean? He loves me more than you do. Yes, I have. No. Shut up. Listen to me. If you don't send us the money right now, that's still hilarious to me today. And he goes, <laughs> we would. But we would. She thinks we'd use it on drugs. Yeah. We would. And that was the thing. I mean, her her parents had gotten to the point. I mean, they tried. I mean, she was so disturbed. And they would try to, you know, help. But, you know, if they sent her money, I mean, of course. I mean, they're going to use it on drugs. So they kind of got around that. But, oh. That this, scene, too, is very violent the with other all the one, glass. Oh, Oof. yeah. Well, the other one that gets me, too, is when they actually do go visit her parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you see this scene where her parents are politely trying to, to shoo them out. Yes. Uh-uh. Whose bedroom are we sleeping in? Well, actually, dear, you're not staying here. We thought it would be more fun for you to stay downtown. At the Sunshine Inn. No. What about French toast and blintzes? Nah, you don't want to come back here for breakfast. Your bus leaves at 9.17. So we're staying another day. Well, Grandpa and I must have misunderstood. See, we're, we're going out of town tomorrow. The whole family is going out of town. I didn't know we were going anywhere. That's all right. Can we come? No, Nancy, you just can't. That's just painful to me. I know. I mean, I just feel so bad for them. I, mean, I know they're like 
trash of the earth at this point, but it's still like you know, it's your parents, you know, basically telling you to get lost. Yeah, you Not, have to. Still. I mean, I think they put them up in a hotel. I mean, the hotel you show them in. I think that's what they do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, you see later. I mean. They set the Chelsea Hotel on fire, <laughs> and they just watch it burn. Yeah. So, you know, that could be your home. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a fine line, but it is, it's sad. And there is that point where she says, why, why, I can't believe they did that to us. And they're like, why they do that? Because they know me. And it is just sort of that heartbreaking realization when you can't even, yeah, you can't even be in your own parents' home anymore. You mentioned the music earlier, and you said this was one of your top ten yeah. soundtracks. Let's talk about the music from this from this movie for a second. Okay. The soundtrack is is I think it's called Love Kills. The music the music from Sid and Nancy, something like that. Something like that. Music from the motion picture soundtrack, Sid and Nancy. And who are Love some of the, Kills? Who are some of the artists on it? Well, some of the artists are well, Gary Ullman, Obviously, he does the songs. Two songs. He has two songs on there. Uh, Just Drummer, two nice. songs. The Pogues, two songs. Which is your favorite Pogue song? I want to hear one. Oh, my absolute favorite song on this album, maybe of all time, Haunted by the Pogues, with actually the bassist Kate O'Reardon singing the song. That is a fantastic song. I love it. Pogues. Vastly the Pogues. We could do a whole show I think on that. Yeah, I know. I think that song was later, and I just realized this recently, um, the song was redone as a duet between Shane McGowan and Sinead O'Connor as well. Ah, the mystical tune of Reader Mailbag. I know what you were thinking. <laughs> What's mystical that? tune of what? You weren't here when we started this. It's a new segment in the show where we uh, take one email sent to the Stuck in the 80s mailbox and we read it on the air. Anyway, here is this week's email. This comes from Ed Chen from the University of Cambridge in the UK. Ooh, excellent. Says, I wanted to write and say a personal thanks to you guys. Me and my friends truly got into the podcast early this year during the Trivia Challenge podcast. Oh. And he asks, by the way, how did you guys end up doing? Well, to, oh. me, to make a long story short, we... Uh, we failed miserably. Um, <laughs> we were separated into two teams. One of us made it one round further than the other yes. team. That's, that's all you need to know. Other than I also had a second shot that I also wasted, squandered. I uh, actually was called back for the online version. I was one of 50 people they called, and I did an interview, and I still didn't make it. Yikes. So. We're just losers. Twice a reject. I know. They're just jealous of the podcast. I think it is. They know I we're know. more important than they I are. know. I think they would be afraid that we would overshadow the game show. Anyway, here back to Ed's email. <laughs> this is what he says. We actually listened to them at work while a lot of us all played along with you guys. By the way, you should be proud to know that you halted all progress in cancer research in a small <laughs> corner of Toronto, Canada, for a couple of hours in February. Well, wow. that's, that's great. That's something, that's something I can write I should, on my tombstone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I halted cancer research. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud. Wow. Very nice. <laughs> he goes on to say, but not long after that, I moved to the UK to start a new job. And during the initial isolation of living in hotels and being completely alone on a new continent, 
I was able to go back and listen to all of your old podcasts. You guys were great friends during those initial times and made me feel at home with your witty <laughs> banter. That's his ahem, not mine. Hilarious anecdotes and dirty stories. So thanks for that and reminding me that wherever I am on this planet, I'll always be stuck in the 80s. Oh, Isn't that's, that great? Oh, that's Best so email we've ever gotten. Thank you so much. We love the emails. I swear to God, we answer every one of them. Yes. Except the ones where they keep offering me special deals on Viagra. <laughs> but uh, if you want to email us, do so. Just send us an email at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and uh, maybe we'll read you on the air next time. It could happen. Now that is the magical, mystical tunes of Name That 80s Tunes. That I See recognize. The See the difference? No. Okay. <laughs> it's subtle. It's Can subtle. I be subtle anymore? Subtle, unlike you. Anyway, this is the uh, segment of the show where we play a song from the 80s, a piece of one anyway. And if you can name the name of the song and the title and the artist and the album and the year and what the look Kathy's faces. Oh, I'm sorry. I was nodding off there. Yeah, it must have been the heroin I took right you in went... preparation for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, that would help. Hey, anyway, the um, here was last episode's uh, secret snippet. And like I said, that was very hard. That was It was. That was the song Daylight by Asia. Daylight, wanna see daylight. Asia challenge. Yes. So if you want to find did you if you want to find out if you won, go to our blog at blogs.tempe.com slash eighties and you'll see. Because we don't have the names of the winners yet. Uh, it is a secret. Secret. Super top secret. You ready for this week's tune? I am. I'm ready. Here we go. Listen carefully. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. So do you think anyone's gonna get it? No. No. You know, it, it it kills me because every once in a while I'll throw one out there that I think is fairly easy and mainstream and nobody gets it. And nobody then I throw one like Daylight or I throw a Music Time by Sticks and everybody gets it. I so know. I, mean, I, I give up. I give up trying to predict. But um, if you think you know the name of the tune, email us. Once again, it's stuck in the 80s at tempbay.com. And then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Wiener. Hey there, Steve and Kathy. This is Sweet Lou with a special message to Sean Daly, who forgot who I was, even though I've won many, if not most, of the Stuck in the 80s Name That Tune contest, including Aretha Franklin's Who's Zooming Who. Despite Sean's lapse of memory, Sweet Lou will remain here, unforgettably, stuck in the 80s. Mr. Lou Greeley. Hello, Sweet Lou. It's not our fault that Sean doesn't remember. I who know. You are. I remember you. Sean is like the ultimate ADD baby. I know. I mean, you he know. sometimes doesn't remember us. We walk by him. You know, he doesn't even say hi. True story. Literally, every morning before he comes to work, his his the favorite fiance has to pin the directions to, on his <laughs> shirt, or else he would end up you know, at Krispy Kreme the rest of the I day. I know. I know. It's sad. Anyway, we love the fan greetings, and we can always use a couple more of them to uh, leave us a fan greeting. All you have to do is go to our blog once again at blogs.tampabay.com slash 80s and you'll see a toll-free number there on the right-hand side. Call that up and leave us a voicemail message and you are a golden god. <gasps> or goddess. I'm curious. I know, I know you know a whole lot more about this movie than I do. 
But what was it? Sex Pistols reaction? Do you oh. know it's the movie? <laughs> um, I don't have the exact quote, but I'm sure we couldn't say it. If um, we did. yeah, but Johnny Lydon, um, later, maybe ten years later, talked about what a bunch of shite it was. <laughs> really, <laughs> he absolutely hated it. He said. It wasn't true. It said he wasn't really, he hated the fact that it made it look like he was jealous of Nancy. He said that wasn't true. Um, he was the most vocal, but then again, he's the most vocal period about it, but he did not like it at all. Um, and he said that Alex Cox basically never went to him at all. And it, like he sent the actor who played Johnny to him and to get help on it. And yeah. then when he, interviewed or you know had the meeting with the actor it turns out that the the movie had already been filmed <laughs> oh god <laughs> at well, least according to johnny so alex cox was the director of the movie yes and a lot of people probably know him better as the director of repo man yes which is yet another movie that we keep promising that we're going to do as a podcast it'll we, come up it'll come up it always happens so yeah so no. i think i read somewhere that they asked um they asked johnny rotten what what did they get what was right in the movie and they said we got the name oh the, the name sid right <laughs> they got the name sid right that's which about, is not really sid i mean it's not his real name anyway it's what is actually, his real name his real name is simon because they do mention they yeah. call him simon in the movie it's simon john ritchie i believe is his like original that. name but this, that's I mean, kind of sad name. that you know but was it there was also some controversy. Like, I think, didn't they move up the public the date of the release? Yeah. Well, actually, this is something I did not find out until today. There was, I mean, a lot of the problem I think people had with it was that it was so soon after it happened. So some people turned down, like, wanting to work with it because it was still recent history. But I found out that one of the reasons is because Alex Cox found out that there was a rival Sid and Nancy film in the works. So they had to rush it. Wow. And you, I can't believe this. You know who is going to be in it? Uh, I don't even want to guess. Madonna. What? You mean as Nancy? Yes. And Rupert Everett, who went on to what? do that hideous movie together, right? The like next my best, best my, my, the next best thing, the next best thing, or something like that, where he's like, yeah, Rupert Everett as Rupert Everett. And this is a quote from Alex Cox. This was before Rupert Everett was a good actor. <laughs> Oh, God. So I guess he felt an obligation um, to uh, put his project ahead and make sure that. And, and I have to thank you, Alex, for doing that because I can't even imagine Madonna playing Nancy Spongeon. That is kind of a scary thought. What, what, I want to talk one second about the ending of the movie. Okay. I love, as much as I don't like the second half of the movie, I love the ending where Sid is walking away after eating pizza. And a cab pulls up. And who does he see in the backseat of the cab? Nancy, dressed in like what appears to be a wedding, a punk wedding dress. Right. And he gets into the cab and it just rolls away. Yeah. I do love the music in that. Yeah. And I do love that the boom box that the little kids are playing is actually disco. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, punk has always been, if anything, anti-establishment, but also kind of anti-disco. And he dances with the kids a little bit before it gets to He the does. And, and just... his weird sort of... You know. I didn't want to see that movie end with his death. So I kind of like the fact that that's yeah. sort of... I think Johnny also it. didn't like that either. I think, according to him, it romanticized drug addiction a little too much for him. Like, it was a happy ending for them. But well, I think maybe, you know... If anybody gets a happy ending... I mean, that movie needed something. It about. needed something because, yeah, you're right. The last hour of that film is just emotionally draining. Yeah. You needed some some semblance Artistic of, ending. Yes. So anyway, 1986... 
Sid and Nancy. We love the movie. Yes. Definitely one of our top 10 80s movies. And, so uh, did Roger Ebert. Four stars. Did he? Yeah, he loved it. The Eepster knows good he movies. Does. He, he does. He does. It was a thumbs up. Two thumbs up from us here as well. Yes. We're going to end it the only way it can end with Sid Vicious, a.k.a. Gary Olden, Oldman, singing Frank Sinatra's tune, My, my way. way. So along with uh, Gary, myself, and Kathy, we remain here, stuck in the 80s. Ciao. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Email us at stuckinthe80s at TampaBay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Sydney! You don't even do it as Sydney! What? love me. I'm sorry. There you go.